Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here today with award-winning author Joseph Bedell, whose latest book, which just happens to be his first mystery, is titled Borderline. Joe, welcome. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure to chat with you. You are an award-winning thriller writer. What's... What caused you to decide to write a mystery? You've, you've written a number of great thrillers, and this is a, a bit of a departure for you. Well, it must have been the drugs I was on. <laughs> but uh, I, I, uh, I absolutely uh, uh, have loved writing Borderline, uh, my first mystery. But, you know, to answer your question, Steve, it's not that I, w- I felt like I was getting stale. It was almost a preventative from becoming stale, I decided I wanted to try something new. And as you know, the you know simplistic difference between a thriller and a mystery is with a thriller, you kind of know who the bad guy is right up front, and then it's a matter of bringing him to justice throughout the book. Whereas with a mystery, it usually starts with a crime, typically a murder, and then it's a matter of trying to discover who the perpetrator was, and you don't find out till the end of the book. And so it was a completely kind of backwards approach for me, uh, and uh, as it turned out, it was, I love the story, I love the characters, and, and I love the experience. Now, you and I have talked before, but I don't think I've ever asked you whether, whether or not you're a plotter or someone who writes by the seat of their pants. Which, which, what, which seat do you fall into? Yeah, I, I assume you mean P-L-O-T-T-E-R, not P-L-O-D-T-E-R. <laughs> exactly, um, P-L-O-T-T-E-R. <laughs> I write by the seat of my pants. I have I start typically with a character, mm-hmm. and uh, or characters, and from there I have no idea where I'm going, and I literally let the characters take me to through the book and and ultimately to the end. It's uh, uh, I I wouldn't know how to to plot a a book. Uh, I mean, it would probably take a lot of the fun out of it, and probably kind of put a governor on my my creativity. So I, I really like to kind of not know where I'm going and then, and then go there. So. And, and did that make it even more challenging when you were writing your first mystery? Um, a little bit, but uh, I got so into the, again, into the characters, mm-hmm. that, uh, especially the antagonist. I, uh, you know, I started with the antagonist and, uh, and then kind of built the story around her and then I thought, well, you know, you got to have a protagonist. And I thought, you know, it's been a long time, maybe since Cagney and Lacey, that there were two female detectives. And so I decided to go that route and uh, and created two two ladies, one who is a you know a little bit serious and and a little damaged, and the other one who's totally irrelevant. I'm sorry, irreverent. <laughs> and and so the 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 give and take between the two of them, I just love, and uh, um, and it turns out that they they turn out to be a very very good team. And and your two characters, you're talking about Barbara Lassiter and Susan Martinez, who are the the co-protagonists in the book. Is this the first time you've written from a, a woman's point of view? It is, uh, and I got to tell you, Steve, you and I are a whole lot less complicated than women. <laughs> you and I especially are a lot less complicated <laughs> than women. 
Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, it was it was a challenge, and I uh, I loved the challenge. And and uh, you know, the, the interesting thing about it is that you know in our society, uh, men are looked down upon if they show their emotions, and so it's a little harder to write a male character because of that. Whereas uh, you know, other than anger and and uh, and revenge tendencies, but mm-hmm. with with a female character, uh, it, I was able to uh, build a much broader broader character, broader characters, uh, and I enjoyed that process. You know, there are times when I'll read books written by men uh, who are writing female protagonists, and I'll. Things will just pop out at me, like this is a guy writing that, and I never had that sense with uh, with you. I just got into the book and started reading it, and it didn't occur to me that you had written it until the end, basically. <laughs> well, thank you. That's a real compliment. So uh, tell the listeners about Barbara and Susan, and then we'll get into this, the storyline of Borderline. Yeah, um, Barbara is a... Um, uh, both Barbara and Susan are uh, experienced law enforcement uh, personnel. They... Uh, Barbara's lost her husband to cancer and has, as a result, uh, been uh, going through some depression. She starts drinking too much. Uh, she starts putting on weight, and, and her health is her health suffers as a result. And uh, Susan is a very vivacious, beautiful woman. Uh, again, very experienced law enforcement person who ha- is having problems at home with her husband, who is who is feeling less and less masculine with each of Susan's accomplishments. <laughs> and so uh, the two of them bring some personal burdens into the story, and, uh, and it's really a, good, a part of the story is about how the two of them support one another and, and help one another come out of um, their personal problems. Yeah, they they really are a great uh, team, and I, I know that people who are reading this book are hoping there will be more with them. So, uh, do you have any any actual plans for that? Well, I do. I um, uh, there's a I have a another. Uh, they're homicide detectives. So mm-hmm. I've got another murder in mind, and and where they <laughs> the two of them. Uh, uh, it's nobody you and I know, Steve. So All right, good, good. <laughs> uh, but it's. Uh, but but I th- I think they would interact very very well uh, in with the story I've got in mind. So well, I'm, it may I'm, be it may be a couple years before it's out. But well, you're a busy guy. You've you've got a lot uh, a lot on your plate, and we'll get to some of that in a bit. But uh, first, give listeners a little sense of the story of Borderline. Well, um, the, the story was inspired by actual events, and uh, the. Uh, and but what I did was I did something that I've I've uh, had hadn't done before and and very rarely see, and not only so not only was this my first mystery but I also killed the antagonist in the first chapter, and the idea was that uh, through Barbara and Susan's efforts to try and to investigate the uh, the antagonist's murder. The reader starts to learn through the detective's efforts about the antagonist. And the more that Barbara and Susan learn, the more the reader learns about how awful a person the murder victim was. And, I mean, it just ratchets up and up and up to the point that that Barbara and Susan start to question whether or not they really want to solve the case. 
they keep interviewing people and uh, in their investigation, and several of them say that whoever it was that killed the antagonist was a saint. <laughs> so, so it's kind of an interesting uh, mechanism for for introducing a um, an antagonist. And because of their very robust investigation, uh, the antagonist is before the reader continuously. And because of the the person she is, there's any number of potential suspects, which which really makes it kind of fun from a reader perspective. Going, oh, it could be that person, could be that person, uh, and it, it's got to make it fun when you're writing the book as well. No question, and, and there. I think one of the things that I enjoyed the most about this is, you know, in all my books, there's always, and all, and I think in all good suspense novels, there's always some misdirection, you know, the twists and turns that mm-hmm. that kind of engage the reader and give the reader additional enjoyment. Well, there were a lot of twists and turns in Borderline, and and a lot of misdirection, and uh, uh, you know, I, I they say never ask a question you don't know the answer to when you're in in the courtroom, but I'll mm-hmm. do it here on the radio. And that is, uh, were you able to? Did you, did you guess who the the killer might be as you were reading the story? Oh yeah, I guessed right? about twenty seven times, and I was never right. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, yay, that worked. <laughs> and I think that's part of the fun of reading books like this is as, as early as possible you just start guessing. I think it. I think it could be them, and I think because of this reason or that reason or the other reason, and uh, and then twenty pages later there's somebody else, and you forgot about that first person, and and you know that's why we read these great books. Right. Right. All right. We mentioned uh, a little bit uh, about your past as a thriller writer. Uh, your last book was called, I'm drawing a blank on, uh, Ultimate Betrayal. Yeah, that's right. It was Ultimate Betrayal, and that came out uh, middle of last year. Yep. That was a good one. That was a standalone thriller. Um, you've right. also written a series of thrillers that I think packaged together as the Danforth saga or the Danforth series. That, uh, yeah, Danforth Saga. Yeah, the Ultimate Betrayal came out in the middle of last year, and that's a standalone. Mm-hmm. And that, by the way, won the Tony Hillerman Award last year for Best Fiction uh, Book. Yes, congratulations. And that was uh, a, a, quite an accomplishment. Well, it was particularly uh, gratifying because Tony was my first mentor in writing, and uh, he uh, was just an amazing gentleman and an amazing writer. But uh, And then... Uh, the Danforth Saga is so far a four-book series, but the fifth book will be out in October, and that's called Death Ship. And I, I went over to Greece and Turkey last September and re, and finished the research. Uh, the, the book takes place uh, in, in that area. So uh, uh, I'm very excited about the Danforth Saga. People... Um, People are writing me now, telling me, "Don't I don't dare kill Bob Danforth." And <laughs> I mean, the guy's seventy years old. What am we I going to do? We love Bob, and he, <laughs> I, I like the way you have aged him through the course of the series. It's not one of these things where you've got thirty years of action and the guy's aged by three months. He has aged <laughs> over the course of the series. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I uh, now his son Michael, who was kidnapped as a two-year-old in the first book, Evil Deeds, and as you know, Steve, it was based on the actual kidnapping of our two-and-a-half-year-old son when we were stationed, when I was stationed in Greece with the U.S. Army. Um, the uh, So now Michael's uh, in his 40s, and he has a 15-year-old son, and I, and I introduced the son in this uh, book, Death Ship, and uh, 
Uh, I think you'll find his character kind of interesting and, and it's kind of a, a foreshadowing of him becoming a, a little bit more active in the series. <laughs> well, I, I look forward to reading that. And now that you're writing mysteries, I look forward to seeing you at Sleuth Fest next year in, uh, in South Florida. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I, I hope you'll actually be there. I'm kind of teasing a little bit. You just got back from Thriller Fest. So I did. Give listeners a little sense of what that was like, because this is the big thriller conference of the year, and everybody's there. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, it was my first time, and, and every year it just gets better and better. Uh, the, uh, the management of the, or, of the entire event is first class, the um, um, the interesting thing about it is that it attracts uh, top, you know, New York Times bestsellers uh, from the United States. Peter James was there, who's the number one uh, uh, seller in England and, and most of Europe. Uh, so it brings people in from all over the world. And the beautiful thing about it is, and, and there's about 600 people attend, and and I I don't know exactly, but probably half of them are thriller fans, uh, and or new, you know writers that that want to get their first book published, mm-hmm. and the authors that have been around a while that have had some success are completely accessible. You know, you stop them in the hall, and and you know if you're you're a uh, person that's just writing your first thriller. You can, you know, ask questions like, "Well, what's the biggest mistake you made?" Or, mm-hmm. or yeah, you know, just just whatever. And it's just uh, it's just a a first class production with first class people. And uh, I mean, I had a lengthy conversation with Nelson DeMille about our uh, experiences in Vietnam, and, uh, and you know, he was a combat infantryman and. Uh, Nice conversation with Lee Childs, John Land, who is just a character, just funny as can be, and and a great writer, mm-hmm. uh, and and Peter James, who I met actually at VoucherCon last year, and and we had extensive conversations. What a gentleman! I, I, uh, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Just great people. David Morrell, John Sanford. I mean, just, you know, just it is. You know, it's so much fun to I I hope to get there one of these years. It's just it's it's in New York and I'm it's a little bit too crowded for me. But yeah. I always enjoy seeing the pictures because there are so many pictures and you can just tell how accessible these people are because yeah. a, a poor Lee Child, his face must hurt by the end of it from smiling for all these pictures. <laughs> and um and so everybody's getting their picture taken with Lee and John Sanford and David Morrell and and it's it's just great to see and and I think a lot of listeners might be surprised at how accessible and how pleasant and and, and just how much fun all these great writers writers are to be around. Yeah, they they really are and and uh and you got to keep in mind too that uh they probably need Thriller Fest a whole lot less than somebody that's just <laughs> starting out. Yet they I think their attendance in Thriller Fest is a way of giving back to mm-hmm. the, the writing community. Yeah, Thriller Fest is not, it, it's a big event, but it hasn't been around that long. No, it was 10th, this was its 10th anniversary. This mm-hmm. year. Now, you have been doing this for a while, and, and you have achieved a, a great deal of success over the, I don't know, you've, you've probably been writing for around a decade now. Does that sound about right? Yeah, my first book came out. 
2003. Okay, so a little, little bit more than that. You right. told me a story uh, a couple of years ago about an early book signing that you did, and I think Elmore Leonard was there, and uh, there was somebody else. Do you remember the story? Oh, yeah. yeah do, you, cool. do you mind sharing that story? Because I, it's something that I tell people all the time, but I would love to get it into this show. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was my very first book signing. It was the Mystery Bookshop, and it was at the L.A. Times Festival of the Book. And I was the uh, – they would have hour-by-hour hour book signings, and there would be six authors at each signing. And I was at the first one, 9 o'clock in the morning on the first day. And there was a very successful author who will remain unnamed who uh, – didn't give me the time of day. I mean, he was downright rude, and Elmer Leonard must have been watching the uh, my interaction with this guy. You know, I was just trying to, you know, I'm brand new. <laughs> I've got one book out, and and uh, and, it and just nobody came there out. knows who you are. <laughs> no, nobody. And so um, Elmore Leonard said, "Well, tell me about your book." And I, I gave him the elevator pitch. You know, 15 seconds, and mm-hmm. he. He said, well, that sounds interesting. And then he stands up and tells the people in front of him in his line, and oh, by the way, there's nobody standing in front of my table. And there's like 200 people standing in front of <laughs> Elmore Leonard and the other author's table. Uh-huh. And behind us are tables with books, and I've, they've got 12 copies of my book, and there's hundreds of copies of the other author's books. And uh, he says, you know, anybody that buys Mr. Bedell's book can move up to the front of my line. <laughs> and I mean, what... A gentleman, and and I, there's a part of the story you don't know, and that is that when Elmore Leonard died, I put that story out on my Facebook and and an email. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the gentlemen on my email list is a car dealer in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and he happened to sit on a a board and was at a board meeting when the when the email came through. And he sat on the board with Elmore Leonard's son. Really, Peter? Yep. And he handed him his phone and let him read the email. <laughs> and he said that uh, it really was an emotional experience for Peter. That's a great story. It's even better now. It just keeps getting better. Well, you know, I'm a fiction writer. I keep. <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story. I, that was a joke. Uh, yes. It, what a great guy. Yes, he was. And there are just so many stories of Elmore Leonard's giving nature. And uh, in talking to authors, I'm always amazed at the number of Elmore Leonard stories that I hear, but yours is is the most memorable, and it's the one that I repeat the most. So thanks for sharing that with us. Joe, what's what's the best way for people to keep up with you? You mentioned you've got another book coming out, and obviously Borderline is out now. What's the best way for people to follow what you're doing? Well, a variety of ways. Actually, I've got a website, josephbedellbooks.com. That's B-A-D-A-L, books.com. Um, I also, anybody that would be interested, they can uh, email me at josephbedellbooks at AOL.com, and uh, I will add them to my email list and keep them informed of signings and releases and and so forth. And then I have a Facebook page, and, and uh, so I'm fairly active on Facebook and Twitter, and and, uh, I let people know what's going on through there, too. I will link up to all of that in the show notes, so if you're driving along, don't feel like uh, you've missed anything. It'll all be in the show notes. Joe, where can we buy Borderline? Well, it's uh, available. You can order it from your local bookstore or uh, get on uh, 
line and get it from Amazon. Uh, it's in both print and uh, ebook formats, and uh, again, it's doing very well. I'm just very, I'm very, very lucky and very gratified. And those uh, those other thrillers that you've written, in particular the Danforth series, with one coming out, I would encourage listeners to go back and and read that to get ready for this uh, fifth book in the. Is it the fifth book coming out? That's right. All right. So, Joe, thanks so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you again. Oh, thank you, Steve. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you are an iTunes listener, please subscribe and give us a rating or a review. Those will help other readers find great new books like Borderline from Joseph Bedell. Thanks for listening.